0: Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and today we'll be talking about getting your concealed carry license in New York City. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearms instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Mantis X. The Mantis X is a must-have for any serious firearm instructor. The Mantis X is a high-tech, lightweight precision sensor that attaches to a gun, analyzes the shooter's movement patterns, and displays all the information in real time on a smartphone or tablet. The Mantis X gives instructors objective, data-driven feedback on things that you and I can't see so that you can coach your students more effectively. Get 10% off with promo code FTP10 at mantisx.com. Today, we are joined by Lance Koszewski. Welcome, Lance. How are things going today?
1: Oh, great, Rob. Thank you. How are you?
0: Doing good. We really appreciate you taking time today and uh, coming on the podcast because I think when you think about a place that's got a lot of people and uh you know a lot of questions you know what we see in the news different things like that you know new york city pops up to mind and that's where you know having somebody who's actually living there working there you know m- making a you know business out of teaching people in new york city you'll probably have a lot of good insight for our uh, listeners here
1: well new york uh, definitely is uh, a city unlike uh, most other places in the u.s so um i do have an interesting uh group of people uh, who i could teach if they were so interested
0: <laughs> i'll tell you what before we jump into um our questions and such can you give our uh, listeners a little bit of your uh, background and how you ended up teaching firearms in new york city
1: oh uh, sure um i started with the firearms back in the early 1980s uh when i was in high school we had a rifle team i grew up on long island and it was somewhat of a competitive sport just like uh Uh, track tennis uh, baseball lacrosse and uh, I got into it Um, It sort of morphed into teaching down the road but um, I progressed from uh, high school I uh, went to college in Pennsylvania which was somewhat of a firearm friendly state and uh, I always liked teaching I was always uh, a computer guy as well and I used to teach computer classes so it sort of uh, became very natural for me to uh, teach firearm uh, classes and I uh, enjoy it very much. Well, that's
0: uh, really, really neat um, to, ha- to have you on because I'm, I'd am venture to say it's probably not a whole lot of people that teach firearms in uh, New York City. And uh, again, having you on, we definitely appreciate your time. Um, let me ask, you know, as a firearm instructor here in Ohio, I don't have too much of a problem uh, trying to go along and advertise my students. How do you go along and advertise your students in New York City or potential students?
1: That's a good question. It's um, somewhat of an interesting environment over here because uh, New York City, we have a little less than about eight and a half million people uh, in one little dot on the map, which is uh, many more than than some states actually have in their entirety. Mm -hmm. And uh, advertising is is interesting because although we have a lot of people, uh, it's a very anti-gun environment over here. So there are a lot of people who are just um, not interested. Uh, and in addition, because it's so anti-gun, it, it makes who I need to advertise to very tricky. Um, I, I usually advertise through a word of mouth. Um, I have a lot of friends uh, who refer friends. Um, you, you know how it is. One person knows another, knows another. And mm-hmm. when you got so many people here, it's, it's pretty easy to get that word of mouth around. Um, I belong to a bunch of different organizations uh freemasons uh, concealcarry dot com um a few other organizations uh and a word of mouth spreads through those um, ranges I also advertise a bit at the ranges uh they allow me to put out a little card or a little sign about the business and um actually I get most of my um clients uh, customers students uh through the web through concealcarry
0: dot com wow that's uh uh, that makes it a challenging environment. Try to get uh, new students and such.
1: Yeah, it, um, it does. It, it does, but uh, it's well worth it, though, because um, when people find out that it is legal to actually uh, possess a gun, uh, although you can't carry, you can keep it at home, take it to and from the range, they're, they're really surprised that uh, it's even available to uh, non-law enforcement to uh, own a gun in New York City. Mm-hmm. Well, what what type of uh,
0: people are normally looking? uh for training because i would venture to say that the um ultra rich the elite they, they may you know have a need but they also probably have in their own security teams um you know what would you say would be the the uh, profile for you know your students normally
1: um my students are of quite a variety uh of backgrounds um you get people in the, in the nice neighborhoods of the city who have some spare money and just want to learn how to shoot um, or want to go shooting, uh, but have no interest in actually owning a gun. Um, others want to get a gun at home. Uh, very few hunters. Um, hunting is not a very popular sport. Downstate New York, uh, where, where Manhattan and New York city is upstate. It's pretty popular, but um, there's a whole separate uh, list of courses for um, hunting, which I, I don't teach, but um I also teach to, uh, law enforcement besides civilians, uh, local state, uh, federal, um, cause a lot of times they have uh, problems passing their qualifications and, um, they also don't get the instruction that they need, especially on the federal side. Um, I've done a lot of uh, federal officers, um, who have uh, problems with their instructors, um, just because uh, some of the training methods uh, they use haven't evolved. Like I've seen cup and saucer, um, and uh, when they realize that uh, there's a better way to do it um they actually end up shooting a lot better so my 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 students go from uh civilians who have never shot or never even knew that it was possible to own a gun to um qualified law enforcement who uh, have issues passing every qualifications and it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting selection a lot of times they're all in the same class so it makes it very interesting okay. well
0: if you know any of those uh uh, law enforcement instructors that uh, need to have a little bit of uh, refresh, or maybe refer them to the podcast, because uh, we definitely have talked about you know staying up with current techniques when it comes to training and giving the, your students the best uh, education possible. Because uh, yes, you know there's a certain way to shoot a revolver, and things have evolved. And there's you know the way that we used to shoot a semi-automatic back in the '70s and '80s is have changed, and you know we want to we want want to stay current. So that's uh, that's one of the reasons why we got the podcast. Well, oh, definitely. Yeah. What, what would you say would be your, with, with the limited amount that you can advertise, different things like that, what, what's your average class size? Do you have big classes or small classes? Or you know what kind of numbers are you looking at?
1: Usually the classes are, are rather small, but um, that would, again, depend upon the size, uh, or rather the type of class it, it's going to be. For example, uh, like an NRA type class, Um, I don't teach less than two because that's that's the minimum for an NRA class. Uh, But then I'm also limited by the size of the uh, classroom uh, in which I I teach. Um, Here, everything is uh, expensive. So um, I usually have a classroom that can accommodate up to about six people, um, you know, with the video facilities. And um, when I go to a range, uh, we can't have more than uh, three people at a shooting point. So myself included uh, to be able to um, teach five if at a range uh, is about the, the size that I can handle. Other ranges, um, if I shoot in New York, for example, I may take a whole shooting uh, shooting room, which would have up to five shooting points. So if I have the whole room, um, I can easy, easily, easily, uh, more easily control who's in the room, and then I could probably teach uh, ten to fifteen. But I'd also have um, secondary spare instructor just keeping an eye on things the the non-shooting classes um like the license classes uh utah virginia florida stuff like that um i have taught classes of about um 35 uh, at a time and then we do the shooting parts later on when people have more time time seems to be the uh limiting factor here in addition to the size of the classroom itself so uh, largest I've taught was about 35 and smallest was about two.
0: Wow. That's a, that's a big range, but, uh, it sounds like you're, you're connecting with the people and they're, uh, referring more people to you, which is, which means that you're doing something right.
1: Yeah. That's the important part. A lot of, um, a lot of students come back, uh, because when, when you're uh, an interesting instructor, uh, and you're teaching something that they want to do on their own, you know, people don't come to my courses. Uh, because they were mandated by a court or anything like that, um, I usually don't get many repeats on the federal or, or state law enforcement side because they're looking more for the the goal of requalifying uh, with their firearm. but uh, I do get a lot of repeat um, clients uh, who, who take a, a license class, then they take an NRA class and they take another NRA class and then you know a lot of times we actually end up uh, being friends. Outside the shooting environment, just because of the fact that we have so many people in such a small space, that uh, we do end up even running to e- running into each other on the street. Believe it or not,
0: well, that's uh, that's pretty neat because <laughs> I think uh, here in Ohio, I run in, into a few of the students from time to time, but uh, the majority of them, nah, never never see them again. So, um, yeah. Why? Well, what is, if somebody? If I was a new shooter and I called up Lance and said, "Hey, Lance, I want to." learn how to shoot a gun, what would be the first training class you would recommend um, for me to get, you know, uh, in New York City?
1: Uh, first training class would probably be a non-shooting class, um, just so people can get an idea of uh, what it takes to be able to operate a firearm, how they work, uh, how you aim it, how you um, clean it, you know, the, the basics. um because in, in New York State, it, it's a criminal offense to touch a handgun uh, without having a license. So um, well, my classes usually start off with a non-shooting class. And uh, I usually make it a class such as uh, the Utah um, Concealed Handgun Permit class, which is which is a good introduction. And uh, the Utah license is pretty cheap so that uh, people can get something out of the class, uh, namely the license in the mail from the state of Utah in about two to three months after the class. And, um, if I don't hear from the student after the first class, when they get that license, they're like, Oh yeah, you know, it actually came. This is a real thing. (laughs) Uh, I want to take another class, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, when, when they do get a license from another state, it helps with the New York process. Uh, because New York, as, as everyone knows, is not a very gun friendly, um, location. And part of that's due to the fact that we have so many people here and you really do need to be careful about who has guns. But the first first class is usually uh, non-shooting, and then um, they come back and we'll start with the the NRA class. I'll get them signed up online for the uh, NRA Basics of Pistol Shooting, uh, which has the uh, 11-lesson online part. And then when they finish that, you know, I'll have a few people in the wind doing that, and then when I get five uh, ready to go, we'll come down, we'll do the classroom part, and then um, we'll go out and we'll do the, uh, the shooting part. Uh, most of the people make it. Um, not everybody does, unfortunately. They'll come back a second time for the shooting qualification for the NRA class if they need it. I'm happy to, uh, you know, put people through as many times as necessary. Obviously, you can't shoot. You can't pass. But my goal is to, to get people um, the knowledge they need, uh, the skills, and convey the right attitude that they need to uh, own and possess a gun and, and use it uh, safely, legally. And um, I, I aim to get people to pass through um, encouragement, good teaching, and uh, let them do it over and over and over until they get it right.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, I like the way you're uh, encouraging your students and making sure that they uh, leave you know, with a sense of accomplishment because I think it's a, a big way psychologically for the student to really feel accomplished and feel good about what they're doing. Well, hey, I know you talked about getting a Utah Utah concealed carry license. Um, I'm not real familiar with how to go along in New York City concealed carry license. What, what would a student have to do to qualify for that? Is there a training requirement or different things like that that, that they would need to know about?
1: Ah, well, if we had the video on, you would have seen me laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, a New York City concealed carry license is just about as as rare as um, some kind of uh, rare super rare animal which you'd never expect to see. Um, yeah New York City doesn't give out concealed carry licenses for uh personal or um, non-business reasons with rare exceptions. Um, basically there's no defined training requirement in the city of New York. Uh, New York state doesn't have consistent training requirements across the state as well. It's done on a state, a county by county basis. So every county can set their own training requirements as to what they want them to be. Um, you do have to be a a person of good moral and ethical character. Uh, You can't have a a criminal background um, without justification. Like if you have a a DWI from 20, 30 years ago, that's okay. If you have it from a few years ago, not really. Um, It's a discretionary approval process here, uh, which means that it's it's totally up to the licensing officer if you get a license and if you do, what restrictions come on that license. in the city of New York, the majority of people can qualify for what they call a, a residence premise license, which is relatively uh, not too difficult to get if you jump through all the hoops properly. And although there is no specific training requirement, um, you can't be denied for lack of training. Uh, you could be denied for uh, having a ticket for talking while driving on your, with your cell phone. You can um, have a tick, uh, You can be denied for uh, having a speeding ticket. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why you could be denied. So what you really want to do is to remove those uh, reasons from them. Remove those barriers. So go for a training class. Just don't apply for the license without training. And certainly having a license from another state or a few licenses, such as Utah. Uh, Florida, and uh, even better, an NRA class, if you don't have military experience, would um, certainly show NYPD that you're taking the right steps. You've passed all the background checks they're going to put you through. You've met the NRA requirements uh, for minimum proficiency with use of a firearm. So you've basically removed the reasons for them to say no, and with all the applications they get, they do have to say no to a lot of people. So they're more inclined to say yes to you for having shown them that you've taken the, the correct steps necessary to own a, a firearm responsibly. Well, um, that
0: can be uh, that sounds like a very challenging process to go it through. Is.
1: Yeah, it is very qualifying, uh, <laughs> very qualifying, um, very disqualifying. <laughs> um, very interesting uh, because it is a discretionary process. Um, outside New York city, uh, where the licensing, the gun licensing, is handled by the police department. Um, there are a few other counties in New York, near New York City, where the licensing is handled by the police department, oh, Sorry, um, such as Nassau, Suffolk, and Westchester that border New York City. But otherwise, in the state, you have to go before a judge and plead your case on why they should give you a license. So I, I do get people from outside New York city, um, who come here, uh, some travel, uh, two, three, miles. Um, because training is, is difficult to find within the state. Uh, but the NRA basic pistol course qualifies, uh, for most counties that do have requirements. So in those counties, the sheriff will do the background check and then make a recommendation to the judge. And then you have to go before the judge and, uh, plead your case as to why you'd like to get uh, a gun license a handgun license um outside the city of new york you do not need a license to purchase a rifle a shotgun <laughs> but in the city of new york you do it's unlawful to own any kind of handgun um without a license and if you do have a, a license like you can't have a gun without a license and you can't have a license without a gun so I, I tell people that if you do start to embark on the New York process, uh, make sure you have that three hundred forty dollars uh, ready for your three-year license. Make sure you have your ninety-five—I think ninety to ninety-five-dollar fingerprint fee ready—and uh, make sure you're ready to purchase that gun as soon as you, you're issued your license. Um, but uh, it's also illegal to have a, a real gun that looks fake. Or a fake gun that looks real. So we have have a lot of laws here that uh, aren't really applicable um, elsewhere in the country or elsewhere in the state. Uh, Like a a water gun, if you can actually find one, uh, has to be completely orange. Uh, The gun, not just the barrel, not just uh, parts of it, it it has to be completely orange. So um, it's an interesting uh, environment. Um, I do get a lot of phone calls from attorneys um, I do get a lot of phone calls from law enforcement um, for clarification on, on what's legit and what's not because the, uh, the laws here, um, as well intentioned as the politicians are, the uh, laws are often ambiguous and vague. And um, having, having taught now for uh, quite a while, I've been asked almost every question that can come along. So uh, I pretty much do have the answers, and uh, if somebody ask a question to which I do not have the answer I will you know not make it up I'll tell them I'll get back to them but then again that's another opportunity for me to learn something else which I didn't mm-hmm. know before
0: What are, what are the I know you talked about a few mistakes there that people do when applying for a license but w- are there any other big ones that students do or or people do in New York City that kind of shoot themselves in the foot when or figuratively shooting themselves in the foot when they <laughs> apply for a license
1: Um well, there are, there are a few. Um, the, the process used to be uh, paper. It was, it was a short 19-page application with uh, all the uh, attachments and stuff brought up to around 50 pages. Uh, the typical problems um, that I find when people fill out the applications for other states uh, are common here as well. Uh, but there are other ones that are, that are tricky in the New York process. Um, I have a slide when uh, we start filling out the paperwork in class. I say your eye color does not equal your hair color. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but read carefully because people mix up the hair color and the eye color. Uh, county and country, that's another one. <laughs> uh, yeah, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people forget to, to sign where it's, where it's indicated a few times. Um, the New York uh, application recently removed many of the notary uh, requirements. Um, I think mine had to be notarized about 25 times. Um, but, uh, also they ask, uh, some questions like, uh, have you ever been discharged from any employment? And, uh, if you have, uh, they could use that against you, uh, even though it has absolutely nothing to do with a gun license, but can indicate that you're not a person of good character if you've been, uh, let go from a job. Um, there's a question. Have you uh, ever used narcotics or tranquilizers? Uh, well, if you've been in a hospital... In that operation, likely you've had narcotics uh, as part of your, um, you know, recovery routine.
0: And you've got to remember all this, right?
1: You have to, yeah. Not only remember all this, um, but you have to get your doctor to write a letter saying the narcotics were prescribed for three days following X operation, and they didn't impact your ability to own a gun. They they make the, the hoops you need to jump through um, more difficult than than other states. Uh, they ask for copies of every license you have from any government agency so people forget you know uh like i've heard stories people there's also an interview in the process so after you submit your application uh they call you in for an interview and then after the interview they call you back again to get a purchase order and with the purchase order you get the ability to go to a store and buy one gun which you then have to bring in within 72 hours for inspection but they, they've asked questions like they'll see a wedding ring and say, oh, are you married? Oh, yeah, I am. Of course, they already know the answer to that. But uh, a marriage license is a license issued by a governmental agency. <laughs> so when you're submitting your, your uh, application, if you didn't indicate that you're married, it's a disqualifier. Um, a dog license. A dogs are licensed in New York. If you don't so you submit a copy of your dog license that's a, a disqualifying factor um, so they, they do make these little hoops you know uh, are you a fugitive from justice that questions on there most people say I'm not a fugitive from justice I'm I'm free I'm not in jail I said well actually that means in, in in other words do you have a, an outstanding uh, ticket that you need to go to court for because if, if that's <laughs> hey, yeah. Parking ticket, yeah, they have. Um, well, they they exclude parking tickets from the application, oh, but they do oh. want to know if you've ever been uh, arrested, indicted, indicted, or summoned for any purpose to any court for any reason. You know, and if people forget jury duty, that that's a summons, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> I I wouldn't have yeah. thought about that. I mean, I was summons. I would have thought would have been for something you know that I'm involved with. You know defendant or you know a the uh, person complaining not not the juror but i guess that is right
1: yeah it's a summons you know when you get a parking when you get a speeding ticket that's a summons it's a summons to appear in court to answer the charge of speeding so if you have an outstanding uh speeding ticket which hasn't been resolved that's a summons as well as a fugitive from justice so these, these questions are, are sort of tricky and most people that apply for this use an attorney
0: Wow, which just uh, adds to the uh, complexity of it all, too, in expense.
1: Yeah, it does. You know, like they'll go through. They, they know what licenses you have, so they'll ask you, you know, well, why do you have this license? Why do you need this license? What do you do with this license? You know, and they, they look for reasons uh, to deny, um, which is just part of the process, uh, I guess, over here. It, it's not that way in other places where you can apply by mail or um you don't have all the hoops that you need to jump through. The renewal process here is the same as a regular application process where you need to submit everything over again. And it takes many, many hours of uh, work just in the paperwork, but um, also the personal appearances too is something that uh, is not typical for most applications.
0: Yeah. If it's, I'm sure it's during the work day too, which means you got to take more time off of work in order to show up and answer the questions.
1: Oh, of course. And travel there
0: and everything else that's required.
1: Yeah, they're closed on every legal holiday. Um, when you need to bring in your gun for inspection, for example, you need to do it, I think, between like 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., um, You know, which means you have to take off from work. Uh, they schedule your interview for the application, of course, when they're working, which is when most people work as well. Um, it's just inconvenient. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily that they do that so much on purpose as, as the fact that <laughs> Uh, You know, they, they don't want to make it easy um, because they do want to limit the number of guns out there, you know, but, uh, New York is a city that doesn't sleep. And, um, you know, we do have a police department that works 24 seven, not exactly sure how many people are employed in the license division, um, at police headquarters, which is a subdivision of the legal division, but they, um, they do have six months after you submit your application to decide, um, if they're going to approve, deny or request additional information. So the process after
0: after six months, you'd almost forget about that. You actually applied. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sometimes you do. I've, I've heard that uh, happen. People say, wow, I got a phone call back. Um, but I've also heard of people submitting, um, uh, when you, when you, when you're rejected, they ask for additional information, you send it in, you never hear back from them again. So, you know, in essence, they pocketed your, your almost $450. And, uh, You don't even have a chance. Um, It's unfortunate. I don't know if that's so much as uh, mismanagement, accidental, uh, just uh, the bureaucracy of of what goes on when you have so many people involved in the process. Um, But it is uh, probably one of the most difficult licensing jurisdictions in the country uh, in which to get a license. But um, it's also a good opportunity to teach because, uh, you know, I do have a a potential huge student base, um, just not uh, too many who are actually interested, unfortunately.
0: Mm Hmm. Well, that's, uh, really, really interesting because, uh, being in Ohio, I can be in and out of applying for a license for the most part within 10 minutes and I get it within 45 days mailed to me.
1: Oh, wow. No, and I
0: can, and I can, and I can renew that 90 days in advance too. So I don't even have to, you know, wait till my, the my original one expires or anything. I just go in and apply and everything's good. Well, a lot of differences. That,
1: that would be ideal. That really would. Uh, here, mm-hmm. the process is, you know, you get a card like a wallet card, just like most states do. Um, but when you apply, you don't often get your your wallet card replacement before the expiration date. Um, <laughs> it usually comes anywhere between three to twelve months after the expiration date of the card. So when you apply, they give you a letter that says, uh, dear law enforcement officer who may be inspecting this license, (laughs) according to state law, which the cops don't really know that well. So they need to put it in the letter. um, This license is still valid until renewed or revoked. So if you have any questions, uh, call us, you know, basically we'll be able to explain it to you. Um, but if, if they can issue you a piece of paper that says that, then why don't you just give a temporary license extending the license that the person has until it's revoked or renewed? You know,
0: it's um, a big question. I'm sure a lot of a lot of people out there would like, okay. like to like know the answer to that. Well, hey, Lance, I got a quick question for you. You've got a lot of experience doing a lot of different things, um, obviously dealing with uh, uh, licensing in New York City and things like that. But as an instructor to all the other instructors out there, what are some of the suggestions you have for the other instructors as far as how to help their students, um, you know, along just, uh, just as far as being a, you know, uh, you know properly armed uh, citizen?
1: Well, if... If you're a new instructor, um, be confident uh, in your teaching ability. Um, You're up there and people are looking at you like uh, you know all the answers, which you may or you may not. Uh, Don't be afraid to say you don't know. Um, Have a program and stick with it. Uh, I usually use a PowerPoint presentation, and um, the NRA provides PowerPoint presentations. Um, You have to have one, some kind of a formal presentation for Utah, or you can use their handout. But have something that you go through. Um, and I usually hand that out ahead of time so people can follow along um, and they have an expectation of uh, at what point we are in the class. Uh, because when people have an idea of how the class is going along, they pay more attention than uh, just, um, oh, he's on to another topic now. Um, I usually explain up front that uh, it's a good thing to answer um, the questions if they're relevant to the topic at hand or if not. You know, just let them know that you'll get to that question a little later in the class where you can give a more detailed answer and keep the course sort of uh, sequential as it's uh, as it's oriented. Um, read up on books. Uh, read up on the web. Um, keep on, on top of uh, firearm um, goings on in the industry uh, from a legal perspective, from a real world perspective. Uh, keep on top of the news also. Um, Because sometimes it happens, uh, something happened the day before in the news I didn't hear about. Or somebody will ask, well, how about about this case? Or how about this in the news? And you don't want to look like you don't know what you're talking about. So it's good to stay on top of that, not only from the ability to answer questions, but also because you learn a lot about what's going on uh, out there from being uh, in touch with the news. Um, Learn the law, you know, read the law. Um, I teach for a lot of different states. Um, so I'm pretty familiar with the laws from a lot of different places and it's important to be able to give accurate answers. Um, have a website, you know, another good thing for instructors is a website. Uh, people feel more comfortable if they know who you are, if they know what you look like, if they know you have experience. Um, you know, I've had people Google me. I've had people look up my NRA background before they've, they've attended the classes. and, uh, just, just have your act together, you know, don't be late. Um, and, uh, treat people with respect. That, that's a final thing. You know, the, the, um, the students I get are experienced veterans, uh, federal law enforcement to, you know, 70, 80 year old people who, uh, I had a class of, um, uh, it, it was an interesting group. It was, uh, elderly ladies who write, uh, horror books, <laughs> And they, they were working on a, a murder mystery together, and in order to, to get the, the realization that they wanted to portray in their book about how firearms work um, in their murder scenes, they actually took a class. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Um, Kudos to them. Yeah, yeah. one of the few things that you can shoot um, without a license in New York City is a, uh, a twenty-two rifle. So there were about a dozen, uh, women in their eighties who came down, uh, to shoot and the owner of the range walked in, opened the door, just stopped. And was like, Whoa, what what kind of class is this? (laughs) You know? Uh, but you know, the range of people, um, that I get as students varies quite a bit. So treat everyone with respect, you know, and, um, find out why they're there. Cause one thing I like to do is people take courses for different reasons. Some people like to collect the licenses like, uh, baseball cards, other people don't want to go don't want to own a gun but want to go shooting. Uh, some people want to get a carry license for wherever they go. Um, but if you know why they want to take the course, you can kind of cater it more toward their expectations and it makes it such a much more enjoyable experience for them uh, because not only do they feel like you're teaching it just for them, but it also incorporates uh, other questions and answers from other people, in the class that they may not have thought about asking before they got there that day.
0: Okay. Well, that's, uh, some great advice that, um, hopefully our instructor listeners will, uh, apply to the classes that they're doing. Got a quick question for you, Lance. Um, okay. what kind of additional adult education or instructor education are you doing this year?
1: What kind uh, I
0: mean, um, Books, videos, whatever. What are you doing to stay sharp on current events uh, when it comes to firearms law? All those, all those types of things that we've been talking about.
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, I don't have much time to to read a lot of books, unfortunately. I wish I did. Uh, I used to love reading when I was a kid, but um, I do keep up with uh, information more uh, on the information age these days uh, on web on websites, um, YouTube. Uh, I do a lot of reading. I get updates when the law changes comes out in different states. Um, and chatting with other instructors, uh, mostly out of state. There there aren't many instructors in state that I know of. Um, uh, being the only one in New York City that I know of who <laughs> who actually teaches these, it's uh, hard to learn for myself. So I, um, I do spend quite a decent amount of time, I'd say, um, reviewing uh, things online, watching videos. Um, and I do take courses myself, uh, even though I, I teach like the NRA classes. I go and take the same classes that I teach from other instructors um, just because, you know, while, while I, I think I know what I need to know to be able to teach, you, you, can, you don't know everything and you can never stop learning. So even courses that I, I've taught for a while, I'll go take as a student in another uh, instructor's class. And, um, most of the time I'll tell them I'm an instructor. I'm, I'm there just to, you know, not critique them, but learn stuff that I could take back to my class. And I'm not the one in, in the back of the room raising my hand, answering every question. Um, mm-hmm. but you get a lot out of, uh, learning how other people teach the same things that you teach.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And if, uh, if you're not picking up on what things to do, you probably, or I can pick up some things maybe not to do too, you know, as far as how they run the classroom range different things like that so it's always good to uh, be learning
1: yeah like like for example we don't have many outdoor ranges here in new york so i I love to go to connecticut or to pennsylvania where they have outdoor ranges and and see how they operate and talk to the range safety officers out there because you have the opportunity outside of new york to learn a lot about firearms that uh, are just illegal here and uh, procedures that uh, we wouldn't even consider because of our lack of uh, facilities and uh, as well as um, type of guns that we can actually own here, so um, you know, never stop learning. That's that's what I like to tell people because uh, even though I like to teach, I, I equally uh, like to learn just as much as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, hey, we're, if instructors are interested in finding more information about you, um, where can where can they find uh, more information?
1: Uh, the best place is probably um, my website, um, which is uh, New York Got Concealed dot com. I'm part of the uh, ConcealedCarry.com nationwide network of instructors. Um, I've been working with that company um, uh, for about 10 years now. Um, uh, It's owned by uh, Jacob Paulson. I first met him um, actually while we were doing a renewal of our Utah instructor licenses, and we met out in uh, Utah. And uh, have been in touch ever since. But uh, it's a wonderful website in itself um, in the fact that it has a reciprocity website uh, where you can put in the licenses that you have. And it tells you where you're allowed to carry where you're not based on your home license as well as um, out-of-state licenses. There's uh, all kinds of equipment, uh, books, videos, uh, stuff that they sell. Um, and uh, that's a wonderful place to find me. Uh, as well as other instructors from where uh, you may live, um, obviously outside New York. So www.concealcarry.com will take you to their main page. Uh, But if you want the the page on me, it's uh, newyork.concealcarry.com. And um, you can see the the few courses on there that uh, are listed that I teach. I do teach just about all the um, NRA, civilian-level courses. And um, I'm sure you've heard the saying, those that can't do – teach but I, I also do um and i do have licenses from uh, uh maine connecticut um new jersey the fid card uh, pennsylvania virginia florida uh arizona utah you got and, a thick
0: wallet don't you
1: well the only one i carry is the unrestricted concealed new york city oh, okay
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say all those foy cards and then uh, carry cards yeah. and everything else like that you'd be like having a dictionary in your back pocket.
1: Yeah, I don't carry one of them except for the New York one, unless I travel out of state. But mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoy teaching. Um, I encourage people, you know, if uh, if you're interested, take a course. It's not gonna, it's not gonna make you into a gun nut. I have I, I encourage parents to bring their kids to to classes too, because oh, that's great. You know, yeah, even though even though the um, age to shoot in New York uh, city is twenty one, the age to shoot in New York State is only twelve for a handgun. I mean, 12 for a rifle, a shotgun and 14 for a handgun because outside the city, um, they do value hunting. They do file you firearms in the rest of the state and they do encourage, um, kids to get involved at a young age. Uh, you may like it, you may not, you know, but it's something that they, they feel, um, uh, people should be exposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's
0: great. We'd like, uh, Appreciate your, uh, spending time with us uh, today and sharing your experiences on, uh, you know, teaching and, and getting licensed in, uh, New York city. Um, thank you again.
1: Certainly, Rob. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, um, we'll keep in touch.
0: Yep. Well, that's a wrap everyone for this episode. And we've got a few requests for our loyal listeners, like, and rate our podcast and check out other concealed network podcasts also. Share this episode on Facebook and encourage others to listen and to subscribe. Remember, you're getting valuable information by listening to this podcast. Share it with other instructors uh, so they can get the valuable information also. We carry, we cover a wide range of topics that to make it valuable to a wide range of instructors. If you have any ideas for episodes, questions, or feedback, please email us at ftp.concealedcarry.com. Visit our sponsors. Special the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, stay, everyone out there.